0: Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Definitely so thankful for Joe and his many years of service here at Villas Grace, formerly known as Grace Brethren Church Fort Myers. Thank you so much, Joe, for everything that you do. spends a lot of time in here throughout the week. He doesn't just show up on Sunday, contrary to popular belief. He's, he's here every day practicing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a gracious Father. You are full of truth. Lord, I pray that as we celebrate Christmas this season, we can focus on your reasoning for coming to this earth. Thank you for all that you have done. Everything that you have provided us, especially as it pertains to our eternal salvation. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone know what you're looking at on the screen? Anybody want to take a wild guess? Yeah, see, back in the day when I was a kid, it was popular to receive a book maybe for Christmas that looked a little bit like this, and what you would have to do is figure out what you were actually looking at. What you're looking at right here, right now, is a dragon. Can anybody see the dragon? No, you can't see the dragon. This is how you see the dragon. You've got to cross your eyes, cross your eyes and look at the dragon. I see Tom Deffin right now. He's, he's, he's crossed his eyes so much, he looks like I'm a twin, He's got his eyes so crossed, it's like he can see the past, present, and future right now. But if you cross your eyes, you you can see a dragon. It's called a magic eye. That's what you're looking at. That's the technical name. These books would come out, and you would look at it. You'd cross your eyes until you would bring everything into focus, and then you'd bring it all into focus and look at it and say, Oh, I see it. This is a flying dragon. Now, it may not look like it. But believe it or not, this magic eye, this flying dragon that's hidden within the pages is similar to the Bible. I know that's not easy for us to understand. And this is going to bring us to the title for our sermon this morning. From invisible to visible. From invisible to Visible Today we're going to be in one text. We're looking at one singular verse this morning. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, looking at chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. We're going to be taking a break, break from our sermon series, Villa's Grace Values. We've been going through the seven core values that make up Villa's Grace Church and in light of... It being the Christmas season. We want to focus today on how Jesus went from being invisible to being visible. And our aim this morning is to remind each other why. Or to be reminded why Jesus is the reason for the season. To be reminded why we need to keep Christ in Christmas. So let's take a look at these verses this morning. The text will be on the screen for you. Follow along as I read from the Bible. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. When we... Look at this one verse this morning. We can break it down into layman's terms, into this one simple sentence. And that sentence is this. The invisible God was made visible when he left heaven and took on human flesh. The invisible God was made visible when he left heaven and took on human flesh. And with that statement being true, and sounding so simplistic, it does beg us to now ask a question. The question we want to ask of this verse this morning is this. What resulted in the invisible God becoming visible? What was the result? The result is this. The glory of His eternal salvation. The glory of His eternal Salvation. I want to ask you a question this morning. Who is the Bible about? Who is the Bible about? Do you have a biblical magic eye? When you look at the Bible, do you look at it as it's like a magic eye book? Because when we look at the Bible, when we look at the words when we look at every single line, when we look at Scripture, we should see Jesus. We should be seeing Jesus. The whole Bible is about Him. And it's the reason why we have the answer to our question this morning. It's His eternal salvation. We should see Jesus. And unfortunately today, I feel like too many Teach from the Bible like the Bible is about the individual and not our Savior. The Bible is about Jesus. Let's look at the first part of this verse again. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father. Imagine yourself. Imagine yourself with no limitations. No limits whatsoever. Imagine being able to defy gravity and fly. Imagine being able to see into the future. Imagine being able to read someone else's mind. If you could do these things if you could defy gravity and fly, if you could see off into the future like you had a crystal ball, if you could read somebody else's mind, my question to you would be this. Would you give it all up? Would you give it all up if you could do those things? See, Jesus went from being infinite to being finite. He went from being limitless to being limited. So, would you give it all up? What does it say here? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is why it's so important that we have a biblical magic This is why it's so important when we read scripture, we see Jesus. When we read the Bible, we shouldn't make it all about us. We need to make it all about him. All 66 books of the Bible tell us of a spiritual truth that has a now physical reality. What's the spiritual truth that we're talking about? Jesus has been, still is, and forever will be the gatekeeper of eternal salvation. That truth never changes. Even before God created the heavens and the earth, even before Adam was made from the dust, forever salvation goes through Jesus. So what's the physical truth? That's the spiritual truth. What's the physical truth? See, the physical truth is this Jesus is the spiritual truth's physical embodiment. Remember, he was once limitless. However, he limited himself forever. Why would he do that? Why would he want to limit himself forever? Because we're sinful. He created us to be in a relationship with him, and because of our sin, we were not able to be. Due to our sinfulness, the way we stand currently without Jesus Christ, we are unable to be in a relationship with our creator. And this is why he became the physical reality of that spiritual truth. This is why we have got to have that biblical magic eye when we read scripture. This is why we have to make the whole entire Bible all about Jesus. Think about your current standard of living. I've been in some of your homes. You have lovely, beautiful, cozy, comfortable homes. Yeah. Now imagine giving that up to go live in a place like, let's say, Haiti a shack with a dirt floor, would you give up your beautiful, cozy, comfortable home to go live in Haiti? What does it say here? And dwelt among us. He dwelt among us. Jesus loved us so much that he gave up his standard of living to dwell among us. The creator king of the universe was born in a manger. We could give up our standard of living and go to Haiti, and it is no comparison than the Creator of the universe being born in a manger. And you realize what a manger is actually used for, because growing up as a kid, you hear manger and you just think baby Jesus. We forget that a manger's intended purpose is to feed animals. The Creator of the universe. Gave up his standard of living to be born in a manger? Jesus gave it all up. By doing so, what did he reveal to us? Because he did this, what did he reveal to us? What does the text say this morning here? It says, he revealed his glory. And we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father. See, Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. What has Jesus revealed to us in his word? If we look at the entire Bible, we understand that Jesus has revealed to us his grace. He's revealed to us his goodness, his mercy, wisdom, and truth. This week, we celebrate Christmas, don't we? Grace is a gift. Therefore, Jesus is our gift. His goodness is that he came to us personally. His mercy is that he chose us not to destroy us, even though we were disobedient. His wisdom is in that he, as the word, has become our guide for eternal salvation in his truth, in that outside of him, there is no other universal standard for what's right and what's wrong. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what society says. I don't care what state legislators say, what is right and wrong in the state of Florida, or what our government says is right and wrong in the United States of America. Jesus is the universal standard for what is right and wrong. So go ahead and ask yourself, what is the first part of John 1.14 telling me? Ask yourself that question. What are we being told this morning? We're being told that spiritually, Jesus left heaven to physically come to earth. The once forever spiritually unlimited Jesus limited himself forever. Why? Why did he do this? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. This is why we say Jesus is the reason for the season. This is why we say keep Christ in Christmas. This is why we're saying this today. This is why we're summing this one verse into this one sentence. And we're saying the invisible God was made visible when he left heaven and took on human flesh. It's the whole reason why we're asking this question. What resulted in the invisible God becoming visible? Our answer, the glory of his eternal salvation. Because he loves us. He left heaven and came here to save us. This is all about him and his eternal salvation. There's this tale about an honest lawyer. I know that's hard to believe for some of you, but they're out there. Maybe this honest lawyer wasn't so honest, though. Maybe he was. See, he started dating this young lady. He, he worked a lot of hours. He was, a, he was a good-looking lawyer, successful lawyer, and started dating this young lady. But he, he became a little concerned because he'd already achieved a certain amount of success with his law practice. And he was, he was wondering into himself, like, is she into me for me or is she into me for the money and my success and what I can give her along the way? Now, he was well known in his community, so he couldn't just hire any old private investigator. So he went to one of his friends and said, Hey, listen, I need to check out and see if this lady's on the up and up. I want to know if I can trust her. So he had his friend hire the private investigator for him. The PI followed her around for a number of months. And finished up his report, gave it back to his friend. His friend went to him and said, hey, here's the report. And he goes, well, what's it say? And he goes, well, you know, she actually checks out, but there's, there's one problem that this young lady that she has that the PI is a little concerned about. And he said to his friend, he said, listen, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but the PI has noticed that she's been hanging out with a charlatan lawyer around town. Now, now, see, here's the thing. We chuckle about that, don't we? But that's no different than us. See, we get so concerned about other people and what they're doing, we don't take that honest self-evaluation of ourselves. See, this, this honest lawyer was so good at the bottom line. He was so good at the bottom line of how it is and what he has to do to make money. The, the lawyer knew the system. He knew the process. He had a cause, and his cause was at the end of the day, to make money. But he knew what he had to do to get over on people to make money, so therefore he didn't trust anybody. But he hired the PI without taking that honest self-evaluation of himself first. The last part of John chapter 1, verse 14, says this, it says, full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. So we know where Jesus stands on the issue of grace and truth, don't we? He's full of grace and truth. We know where he stands. See, because with that biblical magic eye, we look at Scripture and we know it's all about Jesus. He's all about being full of grace and truth. So the question, therefore, we have to redirect to ourselves is this. Where do we stand? Jesus is full of grace and truth, but where do we stand? Do you err on the side of grace? Do you choose grace as not to ruffle other people's feathers? Or do you err on the side of truth? Do you choose truth because you're loyal to the cause at hand? The problem is there is no or. There's no or with Jesus. See, grace is to be loyal to people. Truth is to be loyal to the cause. Therefore, Jesus is both loyal to people and the cause. The people is why he came to earth. The cause is what he accomplished for our salvation. See, the honest lawyer was loyal to the cause and his cause was making money. However, the honest lawyer wasn't loyal to the people, which is why he couldn't trust the female. Have you taken an honest self-evaluation of where your loyalty is? It's important that we evaluate ourselves as sinners. Some of us are really good on Aaron on the side of grace, but we fool ourselves into thinking that that's our main objective, and when we err completely, if we're just full of grace and we're not full of truth, the problem is we're really just people pleasers. We just don't want to ruffle any feathers. Maybe we're concerned about how people perceive us, but then there's us who err on the side of truth. We're all about the cause, We're all about Jesus and His eternal salvation, but in the process, we get so caught up in the truth that we forget about the people. See, Jesus is our example. He's both all about the people and all about His cause of eternal salvation. So, if we're saved through Jesus, what's next? That's a question I love to ask my children. You're saved. Jesus has saved you from your sins. Why are you still on this earth? What is next for you? One, we need to share Jesus with others. That's why we've been left behind. But the other is this. We need to learn how to become like Jesus. Maybe some of the reasons why we're still here is because we haven't completely figured that out yet. And maybe we won't completely figure it out this side of heaven, but our job is to learn how to be like Jesus. And Jesus, like it says, came full of grace and he walked among sinners. We desperately need the grace of God, every last one of us. Do you know what God's grace keeps on telling us? Do you know what I'm reminded of when I'm reminded of God's grace? I'm reminded to stop trying to clean yourself up. Some of us need to just stop. Stop trying to clean yourself up. Some of us think that we need to get ourselves right before we can actually come to God. God's grace tells us otherwise. In the Gospel of John, God's grace says this, and this is Jesus' words, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I... I will give you rest. That I is not you. That I is not me. That I is not your brother, sister, neighbor. I don't care who you think that I is. That I is nobody else other than Jesus Christ. Jesus will give you rest. Stop trying to clean yourself up before you go to God. Jesus will Cinderella you. And there is no 12 o'clock. No glass slipper. Which can be broken, right? Because you are broken. You experience pain. You have suffered. You've been humiliated. And the more we try to get ourselves right before we go to God, the worse off we get. This is why Jesus came full of grace. Do you know how you can begin to practice being like Jesus? By being full of grace towards other humans. We can begin now. We can begin to practice being full of grace towards others. Because after all, we're all broken. We're all in pain. We all suffer. We've all been humiliated. We've, most importantly, all should have realized by now, hopefully, that we all need Jesus. Right now, Villa's Grace, as a church, we have a particular neighbor. I'm not going to point in which direction, who's been complaining about a floodlight that we have on, calling the county, we fixed it, called the county again. County told us if they get another phone call, we're going to get fined. I'm not kidding. You know what our job is? To go find out who that person is and send the goons to their front door? No. If you guys know any goons, no, I'm joking. Our job is to be full of grace to whoever this person is. That's our job. Jesus was also full of truth, wasn't he? Did you know that Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven? You would think that Jesus talked about heaven more than he talked about hell, but actually, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. See, God came to us as Jesus to save us from our abysmal fate. Jesus said this, he says, those who sin are slaves to sin. Jesus also said, the truth will set you free. This is why we need to take an honest self-evaluation of ourselves. When we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, it reminds us that we need Jesus. To know that you need Jesus is to know that you are set free. This is why we define the gospel as the good news of salvation for hell-deserving sinners through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's Milton Vincent's definition from The Gospel Primer, which is a book. And I recommend you pick that book up. The good news of salvation for hell-deserving sinners through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So when we get complaints, we realize we are in the same boat as the person making that phone call. We need to be full of grace because we're sinners too. We deserve hell, but God's grace intervened. We deserve hell, but God's truth tells us otherwise. We need to act like we've been set free to be full of grace towards others. We need to live like the truth of salvation through Jesus has set us free. That's how we need to be living our lives. Others need to see that lived out. They need to see that through Jesus we've been set free because of his eternal salvation. What I'd like to do is have Mike come up, and I want to read this verse again this morning in its entirety. John chapter 1, verse 14. Think about this, especially in light of the season that we're about ready to go into. What we're celebrating Monday evening through Tuesday. Think of this verse. God's word says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory of the son from the father, full of grace and truth. For those of you who believe in God's grace and truth in your heart, take a moment this Christmas to be reminded of why he came to earth. Why he gave it all up. Why he went from unlimited to limited in order to save you from your sinfulness. Why he's full of grace and truth. And and it's something else I want to bring up. Just because you're sitting here this morning does not guarantee your salvation. I'm not foolish enough to think that there haven't been people coming maybe to this church for decades, maybe months, years. I don't know how long it's been. And maybe you still question your salvation. Maybe you still question, what is it that I need to do to be saved? Maybe you're still thinking, oh, I need to clean myself up. Maybe I need to get right before I go to God. Maybe some of you are just hearing this message for the first time. I have no idea where you're at. You know where you're at. You know what questions you're asking in your heart this morning. You're hearing about a creator. Jesus created the cosmos. He created this earth. He sustains this earth. He left. He left the heavenly realms and was born in a manger. Why? Because of our sinfulness. He had to. And the most beautiful part about this whole story of salvation, this isn't God's plan B. This has been his plan A since the beginning. He created us knowing he was going to have to be born in a manger, knowing that he was going to have to endure a beating and die on a cross, be separated from himself, be resurrected from the dead to save us limited forever. Jesus will always have those nail holes for the rest of eternity to remind us of his glory, not our glory. That's why we have that biblical magic eye. That's why we take an honest self-evaluation of ourselves and who we truly are, because sometimes I think we forget that we are not who we think we are. And when we think we're something other than what we are not, we take our eyes off of Jesus. And I know you take your eyes off Jesus because I'm the one standing in front of you proclaiming his word and I know I take my eyes off Jesus. I need to take a reflection this Christmas and be reminded that my Savior came here full of grace and truth. So, if you're questioning in your heart, am I truly saved? Myself? Pastor Jared, Pastor Steve, we will make ourselves available to you after this service. We will make ourselves available to you at any point in time. Our information is on the back of that bulletin. You can get a hold of us anytime you want. I promise you that. We will set aside time to give you the time that you deserve. Jesus is the reason for the season. Let's keep Christ and Christmas. Heavenly Father, Thank you for what you have done for us. It is unfathomable for us to even try to comprehend your ability to, to create and then intervene in your creation in the manner in which you've intervened. I pray for us as a congregation as we move forward, I pray that we can share this message, this gospel truth, this good news with our Villas community. You are an awesome God. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ who makes all of this possible. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.